The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there till I tell you, for Herod, Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, was in a furious rage, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time which he had had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children, she refused to be consoled because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus reigned over Judea in the place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And when he went, and he went and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that was spoken by the prophets, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. The word of the Lord. This is uh, kind of a weird scripture to read a couple days after Christmas. I mean, it's appropriate in that it has to do with Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And the setting is right at first, and all the right characters are there, but then it just turns ugly so fast. I mean, just the other day it was all manger scene, crash, nativity. I want to stay with that a little while longer. I just want to look at that a little while longer. You know, the beautiful baby Jesus in the middle, in the manger, and Joseph and Mary on either side of him, and the shepherds and the wise men set back a little bit, and the ox and the ass back a little further, and then that angel up on that roof. I just want to take that in, this beautiful picture. Consider this scene longer. Celebrate this scene. I mean, it's beauty, true beauty. It's God coming to the world in love, coming not in scary judgment like you guys are in so much trouble way. It's like coming in a I'm going to make it impossible for you not to love me way, a little baby, this newborn baby. I mean, God really does us, right? God really likes us. God wants us to get that. That's what this nativity is all about. God doesn't want us to be afraid. He wants us to coo and snuggle. God wants to reconcile the world and bring back 
real life to everyone, end suffering and sorrow, wipe every tear from every eye. This is a beautiful thing. So I don't want to move to the darkness so quickly. I don't want the next scene in this story. Like the angel comes down from the roof and pulls Joseph aside and whispers in his ear, look, you guys got to get out of here now. I don't want to notice on closer inspection that the wise men, the whole time, have been looking a little uneasy, realizing that they know what's going to happen. They foresaw it. They had to lie to Herod to keep him away, keep the baby safe as long as possible. But they're realizing time is running out. And it's pretty much give the baby the gifts, and then they're agreeing with the angels. Yeah, you guys need to leave. What an unbelievable thing to have part of this story. This murder. Like, they have to take their newborn baby. Somebody has threatened to kill their newborn baby. Who would want to hurt a little baby, right? Who would murder a baby? This seems like crazy. This is like, how, when was uh, Christmas? Like, three days ago? Now it's baby murdering from the pulpit? Seems unreal. And it turns this story of hope and love dark. God comes in love and vulnerability. And the response of the powers of the world is fear and anger and murderous. Well, that part actually seems pretty believable. But it's heartbreaking. It's sad and horrible, if it is true. But they get away, right? They go to Egypt, and they're safe. And they stay there until it's safe to come back home. And... I mean, well, it's kind of safe, I guess. And they can go home, close to home. But the story doesn't really give us anything close to relief because just because baby Jesus escaped, every other child in and around Bethlehem, two years old or younger, is murdered. Yeah, sorry. I don't want to be telling you this either. It's just in the book. It's in the part of the story. I mean... That's a lot of dead children. A lot of dead children. I mean, I don't know how many, I don't have any idea how many. It's a lot of unspeakable evil to accompany this coming of God into the world. And for me, what continues to bring me down is the fact that this mass murder of whole categories of innocence is not even something that we can choose to believe or not believe happens. We know that it happens. It goes on all the time. Some, someone's acting to preserve their power by killing other people, innocent people. So, yeah, I mean, there is darkness in the world. I mean, there's really, really real darkness in the world. And 2,000 years ago, there was real darkness in the world. And there's always been real darkness in the world. Merry freaking Christmas. But I'm not, you know, I don't want to deny the darkness. I mean, I never thought that, I don't expect evil and suffering to take a break between Christmas and New Year's. But I guess I just didn't want to be reminded of that darkness from the Christmas story itself. I just want to spend a little more time being reminded about the beauty and the fellowship of all people and be reminded that God came 
to love us because we're worth loving. That God came to bring good news into the world. To bring goodness into the world. And there's darkness, but there is good in the world. There's kindness and very real beauty and people responding to love and vulnerability with love and vulnerability on their own part. I mean, there's many occurrences of this, many documented cases of this. There is more kindness and love in the world, I think, than there is hate and suffering and darkness in the world. I mean, I assume that's true. I don't know how one would quantify it. I, think, I feel like I experience it true. But maybe what Christmas does is to give, it gives pause, gives us a chance to pause and move beyond some assumptions like that and just focus on this particular goodness that we know for sure. It gives us a chance to just look at the people in our lives and love them a little more intentionally. Like give them presents even and tell them how important they are. We we can pause the reality of the darkness. I mean, you know, we can greet strangers warmly, hug friends we don't normally hug, even, you know, not scoff at stories on the local news about people being kind to each other, as suspect as it is. Yeah, I want more time to consider that kind of thing, just straight out, like, nice, love, beauty. I want time to consider, most of all, this really, really true fact that God, who created us, loves us. God came to be with us. God desires us. I mean, this is what Christmas is. And it doesn't happen completely all the time at Christmas. We don't feel that. We're not constantly aware of that. I have heard that some people even feel a little depressed around Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I am irritated and exasperated and a little depressed a lot around Christmas. But Christmas does make me think of that there is goodness in love, even though if I'm not feeling it exactly. And even though I don't hold it in my thoughts continually at Christmas, I am confronted with this truth of God coming to us to be with us and the manner in which God came to us. And I do believe it. I believe it to be true, and it does make me happy, really happy and grateful. And when I really think about it, it does make me astounded. But I guess if it takes the love and beauty and kindness out of this category of just some assumed things, and we're going to focus on this particular love and goodness, i got to get back to the darkness and confess that there are particularities there as well. I can't help but be confronted by the particularities. I mean, I understand, I know that pain, suffering are true. I encountered it today. 
I guess I'm grateful to be able to just say that, though, even at Christmas. I mean, I'm grateful that the Christmas story kind of tells the truth, to be honest with you. That this vulnerable love of God who created us comes into the world, but the story doesn't ignore some real evil. I know this is pretty intense after Christmas sermon. But it's just in the story. And I guess what this all makes me think about is this. Christmas is not about self-deception, right? It's not about self-deception, which is not about telling ourselves that there really is no chaos and that chaos will not result from acts of love, that some people will respond to love and vulnerability with anger and cruelty. And, of course, we have God's definitive act of love, God's gift of the fullness of life, that God coming into the world, it sparks this chaos. And it sparks this darkness. But that's, that's the truth. There's a greater truth that life is not conquered by this darkness. Life is not conquered by death. And hate does not overcome love. And pure love does not depend on you and me. The truth comes from outside us, from outside the chaos, from outside our world. And it's a truth, it's a love that is unequaled and unparalleled, a love that will prevail, a love that makes a difference. And we can have hope, and we can try to live our lives after this divine example. We can live life in a vulnerable and loving way. And when we don't, we can place our hope in the love of God through Jesus, who grants us forgiveness. We can claim that hope. We can remind ourselves of that love every week. And we can come here together and participate in this ritual that celebrates life over death vulnerability over power. So one last time, Merry Christmas.